Hello, and welcome back to Showing Up Messy. This is the podcast about the messy parts of the creative process and showing up before we feel ready. And this is Katie Barbaro, as you most likely know. And I'm sitting in my closet for one of the last times to record this introduction, which is going to be a little longer than most of my intros. Um, In this episode, we are going to be talking with Eddie Shiom. Wait, oh gosh, I need to, I actually need notes because this is my first episode with a relative stranger. (laughs) I have his phone number down as, or his contact number as Eddie Shi, but it's Eddie Shiomi. I'm learning from the internet uh, because he sent me a link to his bio because I was like, I need to know more details about you. I just know that we connected as humans. Um, So the story of how we met uh, was backing up to why this intro is going to be longer in general is that I am going to be taking this podcast with me as I travel the world uh, and I leave in exactly a month from today. This is August 29th, 2018 and I leave September 29th, 2018. Same year, a month away. And I want this podcast to be a way of me showing up along my journey as well as talking to people that I meet along my journey about the ways that they show up in their lives and we all know and maybe we don't all know so I'm saying it now that showing up just means how are we living in a way that feels alive right like we're it's not it's not rocket science it's not like it's not exclusive is what I'm saying it's not about it could be rocket science. Like literally for rocket scientists, they, the way they show up is by doing rocket science. For me, no, I don't do rocket science. For me, showing up means recording this intro instead of having another tablespoon of peanut butter. But I will also say I'm moving out of my apartment and I need to eat all the food that's in my apartment because otherwise it's wasteful. Um, I'm joking. I don't need to do that. That's self-harm. Okay. Wow. It's fun when it's just me talking because I can say whatever I want and you're here listening and I love it. Thank you for being here. Um, if I didn't mention that already, I didn't, I would have remembered it hasn't been that long. So I'm already so giddy just talking about this because it's going to be so much fun. You're going to come with me on my journeys and by you, I kind of mean myself. Like this is a really fun way for me to check in with how I'm actually doing. Because if I'm being honest about where I'm at right now, I have five days before I am officially um, have to move out of my apartment and I've had moments of extreme elation like, oh my God, I'm going to be hanging out with myself for a year traveling. Like that idea is so exciting to me. Um, And it's, I mean, it's like, I know a hundred percent it's what I want to do. Um, But then I don't know. Yesterday, it just sort of hit me like it's it's weird having one foot in one foot out. And I think this next week of being still like in my actual apartment, um, because then we're going to I'm going to have a a couple a few weeks of being semi homeless in New York and in Pittsburgh, Um, not homeless, just not in a home that I pay for. Um, Thank you, friends and 
is there family? You feel like family, but you're friends. Okay. Um, yes. So that's going to be happening soon. But what, so yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm feeling some sadness and like loneliness that comes from being in a place that I really love. Like I love New York so much and it doesn't mean I guess it's actually good to feel this feeling of sort of mourning my experience here or like grieving over like losing this experience. I really don't feel like I'm running away from New York, which is awesome. Like I don't, I want, it's more just I'm running towards something that feels even, even more expansive. And I feel really grateful to have that. Um, to have that. I feel really at peace with my New York experience. And um, right now I'm in my head because there's a lot of construction happening outside, but I don't think it's being picked up. So it's just me worrying about it and talking about it. But you probably can't hear it. It's really hot also in my, it's really, really hot in my apartment. <laughs> That'll be so nice to just get out of this closet. All right, so back to the what I'm talking about. I I want to structure the episodes kind of like this, where we do a check-in, except I might have some more insights, you know, uh, for the check-in. Here are some insights about what I'm doing this week and how I'm showing up, in addition to just recording this intro instead of um, thinking about it and not doing it. Uh, I've realized that something I need to do is really explicitly check in with myself about what, how I'm feeling and what I'm doing. Like I, I need like really practical ways of being like, Hey Katie, what do you think? Because oftentimes I'll sort of ignore the things that I feel deep down inside in order to make other people more comfortable. And so I've reinstated a practice at the end of the day where I write down my secret thoughts. Like what are the secret thoughts you had today? Um, and it's a good tool for me to be like extra honest with myself. Cause these are secret thoughts that I don't have to tell anybody they're secret. Or if I do tell them, I can say it in a way that's kind. And you know, like if I need to be honest with somebody about maybe not wanting to do a thing with them, you know, it's like, that's something I can, I can do. Um, so that was really helpful. And actually, Along with that practice, another thing I started just like three or four days ago, which has been really helping to make me feel, helping me make, why can't I say this sentence? It's been helping me feel more grounded in my life is I'm doing like a nightly gratitude practice where I write down my favorite moment of the day. And I try to be really, really specific with the favorite moment, like not just, oh, this was a fun show, but like that one moment when I was on stage and somebody thought I said the wrong thing. Okay, I'm, I'm saying something that's not specific. The one I wrote down yesterday was I was saying goodbye to this mom of a client that I work with. 
um, for occupational therapy. He's three. And the mom was so sweet. And her husband gave me a really firm handshake. Um, it was my first time meeting him. And the handshake was also a really good moment, but not my favorite moment. It was maybe my second favorite moment because it was like this very powerful handshake that conferred so much meaning. It was like, hey, I really respect you. I hear what you're doing and I'm happy you're working with our family. Thank you for your service. Like that's what it felt like um, from the husband. And then awkwardly, I I shook the mom's hand and we were both just like, this doesn't feel right. Cause I've hung out with her, not hung out with her. I've met her before. And she, it was so sweet. Um, and she was like, I feel like I would just hug you. And I was like, yeah, but we didn't do it because the moment had passed. But then when she was saying bye, she's like, okay, bye Katie. And then she gave herself a hug. It was the most it was just the sweetest thing it just felt like so much love and it was just like it just made me so happy that she hugged herself when she was saying bye to me um and anyways that was my favorite moment of the day yesterday uh so now you know um and I would encourage you to do this if that sounds like something that would bring you joy it has been bringing me joy um and also I've been having anxiety because I'm leaving this apartment uh but that's just we can have both joy and anxiety and secret thoughts and outside thoughts um cool I think that's uh that's enough about me how is this related to the guests we have today so here's what happened I'm I've been selling a bunch of my stuff since I'm moving out of my apartment I've been selling a lot of my things on offer up and let go, but I'm not here to promote let go. I'm here to promote offer up because that's how I met Eddie who bought my small portable, not portable, it's plugged into a wall, uh, my small fan uh, from offer up. And he came over. It was very spur of the moment. I was actually waiting for someone else to pick up a dresser that was like three hours late for it. And Eddie's like, Hey, I'm going to come by right now and get your fan. And it was great. And then we ended up talking about traveling and Buddhism and creativity. And it occurred to me, I was like, you would be someone I, I would just love to talk with you on my podcast, showing up messy. And then I realized we could just do a podcast episode right there and then. And that was the most exciting thing ever for me personally, because I, that's kind of what I want to do with my travels. I want to, I like, I just know I'm going to encounter people who inspire me and whose stories I want to hear more about and share uh, share with a lot of people and also want them for myself because selfishly they inspire me and it's great. But uh, why not broadcast those conversations for more people to listen to and benefit from? Uh, so I wanted to introduce Eddie properly. It's funny because we didn't even really talk about the things he does professionally to any great extent, but he's an incredible person who happens to be changing the world. He works with a variety of nonprofits or works for, he's developed like several companies. And what he essentially does in his own words is use leadership, change management, and design methodologies 
to help people and organizations move forward. Um, and so it's like he probably does way more things. I can't even wrap my head around all the things he does. Eddie's an incredible person. It turns out he went to UCLA. Um, he studied biochemistry at the University of California, Los Angeles. I went to the University of Southern California, so we are enemies, but we came together in this wonderful episode. So I'm happy and excited to share this with you, and I'm delighted to have found Eddie in the world, (laughs) in my own apartment, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad you're down to do this. Are we recording now? Well, it's recording technically, and I can okay. we can choose to start here or somewhere else. That's fine. We're just testing the sound a little closer to your mouth. So I'm looking for a fan, um, an offer app, and uh, <laughs> now Mike is in my face. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> things have escalated quickly. <laughs> so here we are on a possible episode of Showing Up Messy. We don't even cool. know. We don't need Who to knows? put the pressure. Whatever. Yeah. Who knows? We might be on the podcast. We probably are. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, and Eddie is a new friend. I don't even know his last name. Here's the situation. He came over to pick up a fan that I listed on this app called OfferUp, which mm-hmm. you should download because it's... Yeah, super good. It's a super good app. It's like the next iteration of Garage Sales. It is. It totally and is. Yeah. But, and like it's what Craigslist wanted to be, but it, Craigslist yeah. is still in Times New Roman. Did you know that? Well, yeah. Isn't that yeah, like but a it's some, silly... It's, a, it's some dude in San Francisco who refuses to, you know update stuff so and there's just too much like that that's like web 1.0 this is like you know well you don't even have web anymore it's mobile right so offer up is just like more efficient it's so easy. much more efficient yeah yeah Everything. the interface is like yeah they, i mean it's garage sales you know the, the craigslist is done kind of it's got its little niche this is like for what it does it's it's really sees this market and that's why we're together like that's why we're here right now talking about whatever we're going to talk about so it's awesome. It's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. We have been talking for like the last half hour yeah. or so about traveling um, and LA. We are both acting. from Los Angeles yep. and acting and we're kindred spirits. Yep. We've been talking about Buddhism and also Taoism and Sikh, the and Sikh Bikram religion. yoga and Sikh people, Sikh as in the religion of India and places Ranging from a Times Square experience of New York to more of a middle right. and, and a very obscure one uh, in Richmond Hill, outer, outer boroughs. So, yeah, we've been all over the place. We've been all over the place. And we were like, we, you should be on my podcast. And then I realized the conversation we're having now, the way wherever we continue from here, you've already heard all the things you ha- you don't get to hear about because we already talked about those things. But we can, can get, but there's yeah. a lot of loose threads that we can tie up here yeah. when we're talking. Well, I'll, I'll follow your lead. Like, well, tell me, tell me, tell me what's up. What do you, I want to hear more here selfishly because uh-huh. I'm going to be traveling sure. um, in just a month and a half. Okay. I, I want to hear you kind of broke down with, and eloquently so how like tourism has different tiers in different places. Yes. Right. So yeah. In, in New York, for instance, Times Square is like ultra tourist and right. then maybe some of the right. Bryant Park cloisters. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go in a little about this. Okay, so... And like, tell me, yeah, like in uh, any country. So you can just <laughs> think about this in the context of like, you know, the book Heart of Darkness, right? Or Apocalypse Now, which is the movie rendering of that book, right? So it's Didn't basically, uh, it's, it's the Congo River and it's a journey down 
deeper, deeper, deeper into it. You know, Apocalypse Now is it was it was like the Mekong, and you know they started at the mouth, which is where all the people who just came into the war are. But the boat, the PT boat, slowly over time, weeks and months, goes deeper, deeper in, and it gets weirder and weirder, right? And that's kind of how travel can be. Most Americans will probably take no more than a two-week vacation, so they're going to stay at the mouth, you know, mouth of the Delta, and maybe a little in, right? Like, so they'll go to Times Square, they'll go to Central Liberty, you know, they'll go to Central Park, you do all that. Maybe if they get a little more crazy, they might go to, like, Coney Island or, you know, they'll see. It's not necessarily distance. It's just more of, it's like familiarity and, and safety. But then you can go really deep, really fast. And that's more akin to kind of what locals are experiencing. And if you're just a two-week vacationer person, you never get that far. Uh, mm. One, because you don't have time, right? It's not money, it's time. Yeah. And two, culturally, it's just not attractive to you because you want it air-conditioned, you want good food, you want like nice accommodations. It can get really grimy and mosquitoy and like weird out there. You won't see people like you. It gets a little scary. Um, that is where I think the richness of a, a, a place is, you know. And uh, when I travel, I try as much as possible to seek that. Um, you know, I'm going to go to the Times Square. I'm going to check that off. But I think, I think, you know, like, what would it be if someone from another country came to America and only went to the Statue of Liberty or New York and went to Statue of Liberty, Central Park and Times Square and said, that's, um, that's New York. That wouldn't be right, no. right? Right. So that's, that's a bit what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. The heart. I love that that's like the heart of darkness. Yeah. Metaphor. I didn't, haven't. Well, that's, I, that's what that book was. It was I a metaphor. I technically read yeah. that. I was supposed to read that book in high school. Yeah, I, me too. I, I, I don't actually think it. I read it, but I got a five on the AP exam. Heck know. yes. <laughs> yeah. That's I think I wrote about Lord of the Rings mostly. That's what I did. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, that's great. Well, I I really love that, um, that you articulate it in that way, and that's very much what I am seeking out as well mm -hmm. in the world. I think it's an interesting... And how do you go about doing that? Like, how do you find those places? Uh or how have you found well that? it took a while to figure out that those places existed and then to figure out how to how to how to how to go more into those spaces than not right so i i uh i took an initial trip now this is like the first big trip i ever took it was in 2001 i was 26 27 then and i went to south america i started in the Times square experience of of south america which is carnival in Brazil, okay, in Brazil, in Rio, wow, right? Wow, yes. Duh, that was right? like first week okay, of your trip. Yeah. You so this is like right at the mouth of the Delta. If someone's going to go to Brazil and for an occasion, what are they going to do? Carnival in Rio. There Duh. you go. Of course, Perfect. right? You're going to go to Copacabana Beach, all that, right? Right. Which was probably the the, the most dangerous, expensive, and ugh, experience I had in Brazil, right? So mm. I started there, and I, I took a side trip to um, Salvador, which is the northern part, Um which they said the carnival was better there, and it was. It's it's like less corporate. It's more like people dancing on the street freely and fun. Whereas carnival in, in Rio is like this expensive ticket in a stadium, and you you know you watch all these samba schools compete, and it's like super luxurious, crazy experience. It's like very commercialized. Yeah, I mean, not, you know, it, it's yeah. impressive, but I, I was just like, eh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I just at that point I didn't know. I just felt like I liked the other place better. I don't mm. know. I just felt nicer, right? So then, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember what I was talking about. Uh, I, 
how do I find those places? How do right? you, f- yeah, how do you find, because right. it's, okay. I'm sure if you go and you're like, hey, what are the things sure. to do though if you're a cool person? You know, like how do you, well, how do you, let, not a cool person. Uh, I started, I started going to the Times Square places because, you know, yeah. I had, a, back then, there, you know, I had Lonely Planet. That's all you had. You had to, you buy the book and you carry it with you and don't lose it. Because, 2001. That's yeah, how you live life. Yeah, didn't have content then. Mm. There's no mobile, you know. There's no offer up. Yeah. You no. can't just meet a person no. for a fan. No. You can't, you have you gotta to. You got to look at the garbage on the street and hope you know something like that so like i started just going to the big ticket items you know that's one that everyone in america knows here people know about iguazu falls which is impressive waterfalls like niagara of south america people know about buenos aires you know all that kind of stuff uh, patagonia some people know about so i had a plan to go there but in between you have to connect it because i didn't fly i took buses everywhere right okay and those bus rides were the first entry point into chill out and just experience a trip rather mm. than calculate the time to a destination how do you get there how much is the cab or like that's usually what people think about in this case buses sort of arrived when they arrived they broke down and there's nothing you can do you just hung out and was just pretty much it was beer and soccer you know <laughs> with a lot of orders yeah you know? uh, and you know you can't do anything and then you stop holding on to a plan because you can't possibly have one because it's going to get screwed up. Yeah. And then you just like go. Right. And so like a big moment for me was our like, you know, 29 hour bus ride from Buenos Aires to Patagonia. And my co my, my co-traveler who I worked with in LA and we both quit our jobs at the same time. I was just like looking at my lonely planet. It was like two in the three in the morning, like barely light. I was like trying to plan. What do we do once we arrive at, you know, where we're going to go and this and that. And, and then, you know, I was just like, you know, writing things, calculating. I was trying to make, be efficient with my time. And my co-traveler, my friend, Daniel, said, yo, Eddie, yeah, why don't you just, like, put down the book and just, like, look out the window. And just, that's it. Just relax. And he fell asleep because it was, like, really early, right? Every, so everyone was asleep on the bus. Okay. And I, I'm still, like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, I'm in this little cramped corner, you know, everyone's sleeping. And then I just had this moment where, I was just like, I'm the only one up. And I'm like, I'm like self-aware of my own awareness. I said the bus driver, obviously. And then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the bus driver's awake, but you don't know. Yeah, and then this moment happened where it actually, I was up so late, the sun started rising. <gasps> it's like a little, little bit of sun. And I looked out and I go, oh my God, I wonder where I am. I looked at the map in the book and I go, wait, let's just not, let's put the book down. I put it away and I just looked at it and I'm like, damn. That's beautiful. <laughs> and it was just like, this is like way more fulfilling than it is if I'm planning everything. It's like, I, I have been in this bus for like 15 hours and I didn't really look out the window. Wow. I didn't look out the window until now. I'm like, isn't that what this is the point of it? I'm, not, I'm, like, oh. I'm like trying to get to the destination, but I miss everything in between. Just look out the window. And I'm like, geez, that's great. And then all my thoughts of, oh, my God, is this bus late? Are we going to get there in time? Where do we go after? I don't even think about it. You know, I did these crazy things. Like, I ate when I was hungry. I went to sleep when I was tired, and I woke up when I was not. No, no, that's not possible. It sounds crazy. It sounds insane. But we don't do that here. We don't eat when we're hungry. We eat at noon to one or something. We eat at six, seven, right? Don't we? We kind of eat the prescribed plan, and we don't even realize that we're doing it. We we don't listen to our own bodies and minds. Mm. And you had to do that there 
because there's no point in trying to follow a plan. It was amazing. That was like a big insight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What an experience. And that's just a beautiful illustration, I think, of how, you know, obviously we've seen that on inspirational posters all the time. Mm -hmm. It's the destiny or it's the journey, not the destination or whatever. But like it's that's so such a good example of like how you can't really learn that until you experience it yourself. And for you, like you had this beautiful moment. Yeah. And, and so down the river experiences, okay. Not the Times square, but deep down the river. Yeah. Once you like were in, once you were in this flow or felt this kind of more. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, like do a little snapshot of some people I met. Right. Okay. So I don't know her name. She was British. It was in this sleepy beach town in Ecuador, which took about six hours to get to by a horrible bus that you had to stand in. And literally the entire time is all like banana fields. Like it never ends. <laughs> like I went to sleep two hours later. I woke up. It's still banana fields, right? It's crazy. It's where we get all bananas here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. In so you get to a sleepy village called Montanita in Ecuador. And I heard about it sort of from someone. And I said, okay, let's go there. So I went there. It's like, you know, it's pretty grimy. It's like, you know, what you think. But, you know, they, they've got a bar. They've got television. And they they've got, got bananas. food. Huh? And they've got bananas. Yeah. Well, plantains. Yeah. They plantains. call them plantains. Okay. Right? okay, okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, there's not really much to do. Right. You know? But at that point, I didn't. I was over my Times Square need to, like, constantly check things off. And I was just like, yeah, it's fine. It's good, you know. And I remember I just kept seeing this one woman who kept going around asking me, you know, each day, if I wanted a piece of cake and I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want it. And then at some point I just stopped. Her. I said, hi, what's your name? And I forgot her name so long ago. And I asked her what, she, where she's from, what she's doing. She goes, oh, you know, I'm from the UK and I'm, uh, you know, I'm making, you know, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just here. And, and it's like, okay, what's the cake deal? What's the deal with the cake? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I, uh, you know, it's very cheap here. So I just get enough ingredients to like make a cake each day cut it up into eight pieces i sell them off and that covers my food and my lodging for the day and i keep doing it stop that's yeah. so cool and i'm on my way to mexico so maybe you know, i'll make a few more and i'll save up and i'll get there at some point but i don't know when so you know wow. i'm like cool later now where are you gonna meet that person in times square right like well you might but like that that's crazy right like and then there's well, so she's just like living her. She's like, this is I'm making it work, and it's yeah. like, you well, she's she'd be crazy anywhere in sort of you know, quote unquote, the civilized modern world. Like she's psycho, right? Like who does that? But if you think about it, but like also, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> that well, sounds like I if mean, if she enjoys yeah. what she's doing. Yeah, this is you know, that's down the river. I mean, there's way more down the river, but that's like someone who's from a Western nation mm. who's decided. You know, fuck it. I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm right? going down the river. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's being yeah. responsible. She's covering her costs. You know. Yeah. You know, you worry a little bit if there's like an injury, a serious health issue. That's what you worry about when you get to that level because mm. you take for granted we have very good healthcare here. You know, it might be expensive, but if you break an arm or you get a inf- like just a throat infection, yeah. yeah. If you get a throat infection, yeah. You 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 have an ability to sort of take care of it. So medicine is like one of the great advantages of being in a modern society that. Right. When you go to the heart of darkness, it's missing. It's not quite there. Um, sort of a little up the river, not quite 
as far down as her, but it was this guy, I'll call him David. He was a plumber from Chicago. We kept running into, it's like when you do like long journeys, you keep running into the same people over and over mm, again, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're traveling together. Sometimes you depart and you meet up with each other. You're, so, like, you're kind of crazy too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, we saw him on the, you know, on the Eastern side of South America, reconnected with him, like Machu Picchu somewhere in the West. Like, oh, hey, it's him again. You know, the guy who we always see, but he's kind of a little, wants to be by himself, but he's cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and then, you know, this, this guy is from Chicago. He has a job. He says he's a plumber. And I'm like, uh, when do you do your job? You're, you've been here for, for like four months now. Like he goes, well, this is what I do, right? Okay, so first of all, Chicago has very strong labor unions. <laughs> I'm a plumber in a union. <laughs> I work like three months a year. And oh I make gosh. enough money that I don't have to do it for the rest of the year. So I just travel. That's such a genius. I love that. I know. It's yes. like awesome, right? I'm like, oh, cool. That's possible. We need more people to tell other people that that's possible. Oh, there are lots of jobs. People are doing that. You people know? are doing it. But I don't think enough people realize that it's possible. Well, if you go to those places where those people go rather than where they make their money, then they do it. I have a friend. Right. Because here they're, everyone's pretending like I'm a legit. I just. Yeah. I don't yeah know. Well, you have to. I have to, you know, sell my startup company. Right. Or something like that. Or, yeah. you know, I got to make, you know, make enough in hedge funds to whatever. That's that's the classic acceptable way to do it. So, you know, I have a friend who after college. Now, this is a blonde haired blue eyed girl from Orange County, California. All right. Very conservative father who was like the district attorney of Orange County. <laughs> a year after college. Uh, we, we did a similar postgraduate program and then, you know, she was sort of working as an assistant in it and then we were recruiting people and she mm-hmm. said to me, you know, Eddie, I just want to travel. And that was like 1998 and she has never stopped traveling. Uh, she, mm-hmm. what she does, she started just doing, you know, regular travel like what you're probably going to do and then she decided, you know, she's got to make some money because she's not from, she doesn't have a trust fund or anything. So what she's done is she calls Costa Rica home, but she moves around all her. She's a writer. She started by taking this, I think it's like a two-month job of cleaning up nuclear power plants in San Onofre or whatever, somewhere in South Orange County or south of that, and do that sort of dangerous job for X amount of time, and then she makes enough money that she can spend the rest of the time away. Traveling. Yeah. And what does she do when she – so she's a writer, yeah. Uh, does she? So does she incorporate her travel into her work? Um, I haven't in, read her stuff yet. That's cool. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, She's I not even listening to this, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, um, that's everyone. Cool. You can you can find a way. I, I think that's what mm. I've learned. Um, and and maybe the best. It's it's not even a metaphor. It's a real experience I had where this manifested itself mm-hmm. was in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Okay, so maybe even now, but. But but back then, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone rode scooters, you know, m- mopeds, and and because it, in Cambodia, yeah, yeah, a lot of countries have that, like you know, because it's like lot, it's yeah. more, it's cheaper, it's like you know, the roads are narrow, so it right. doesn't take. So there's this like crazy intersection in Phnom Penh where it's like it, it, it'd be like a twenty moped lane, okay, but there are no lanes in, in Cambodia, and right. signal lights are decorative. Like uh-huh. traffic signals are decorative. They don't listen to it, right? So basically, it's almost like crossing <laughs> a river, right? Right. It's like a river. It's like, it's like when 30 feet that way. As like a long. pedestrian, you mean? Yes. Like trying to get back. You're oh, supposed to be right. able to cross. Right. It's just endless. There's no stopping. You're just, right. you're, and you're looking at the other side. It's like, holy shit. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do like, this? There's no way I'm going to cross, but I got to get over there. What am I going to do? Right. And then so all these foreigners are just watching and going, Jesus, what are we going to do? And right. then this local comes in, just walks into the middle of it, oh. and then gets across. And we're like, what the heck just happened there? 
Yeah. Like, what, 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 what happened? So we watch another guy and he does that too. And we're like, okay. I ain't going to do that. Are you going to do it? It's no. like, okay, okay. We're going to find Let's another local and no, attach no, no, no. ourselves. No. We're going to trust this. We're going to have faith. <gasps> we're going to walk right in there, even though it looks like we're going to get hit every single second. And you know what happened? I started walking. Uh huh. And then they drove around me. It's oh, like, it's chaotic. It looks like they could so just kill me. But the nature conspired to help you. Oh, I love that you so get it? much. It yes. was amazing. I was you like, I can't believe out. I crossed. I can't believe I crossed. But I come from a world where I think I consider nature dead and a, a machine. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have any intelligence. But I think wor- the world, just like there, conspires to help you if you tell it what you want. I, wow. It wasn't helping me until I said I need to cross. And when I did, everyone know, knew it and and moved around me. And it took you, it didn't just take you saying you needed to cross, but you actually had to physically cross. Like yeah. you, when you physically scary. started moving. It was a yes. leap of faith. It's, I mean, we're yes. all these like religious, uh, you know, p- parables into it. But like, like I was freaked out, but I saw someone do it and I go, okay, I'm going to take a chance with my life here. I'm going to start walking. Mm. And sure enough, once I took my first few steps, I go, it's scary. But then I was like, oh, they're going around me. Wow. And, you know, someone could mess up, I guess. But like they were doing a pretty good job. And so realizing you're just part of that flow, like you were part of you were going in a different part of the flow. But you were like, like I said, I think I think we have a machinist version of the world in that, like, it's sort of this dead thing. And, you know, it's up to us to fix it. But we don't think mm. of it as a, as a codependent organism that will respond to us when we put ourselves out there. And so that, you know, that's where I think there is a lot of intelligence and not just like, you know, idealistic hope is that when you put yourself out there, the world conspires to help you out. You know, if you tell friends you're in, you're, you're, you know, you're, you need help, they'll start helping you, you know. Yes. And if you don't, they'll never know. And so no one will know to help you. And so take that to its nth degree in all things it's amazing there's a real you know the world is alive you know and you need to treat it like it's alive right so yes yeah wow that's so beautiful yeah so this would be a great note to end on um but also there's so many but there's also a great note to jump off from because now i'm thinking about this in terms of like what are yeah our lot like also it, the world isn't I loved what you said about like the world isn't something we need to fix and it's just I think it's kind of similar in like being in acceptance we were talking about this when we were talking about uh Buddhism and Taoism mm-hmm. like being an acceptance of ourselves even like our we are not things that we need to fix or our emotions yeah. like our positive and negative emotions aren't things we need to balance yeah. out or like oh no okay, I'll give you sad. another story here yeah give okay. me I want I, that's what I want okay yeah. so the uh, a way I learned, I, I call it like we need to get out of our own way. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that's the way I like to talk about it. I think most of the problems in our life are created by us, like fixated some notion of what it's supposed to be, and whatever. And then we, you know, we try to make it into that, which is you know a defiance of accepting that the world is has an intelligence and its own, you know, nature and its ability to adapt. So I, um, this has to do with drawing and art. Okay, great. Um, I love that. I, I had a friend in college who was this brilliant, and he's still my really good friend, uh, brilliant sketch artist. Like mm-hmm. he, was, he was an artisan to the nth degree and everything. He's actually the first person to create an international ramen blog. He's a ramen blogger. No you know? way. Yeah, yeah. What's his blog? Well, uh, go ahead, plug Romaniac. It. Romaniac. Ramaniac. Yeah, okay, you great. You can look it up. It's, it's all over the place. But 
so I was so impressed. Like he did this. We had this newsletter for our club. It's like an Asian American club, and he, he just did this mm-hmm. cover of the magazine, and he just sketched twenty people in the organization. But he used like six strokes to draw each of their faces, and he everyone looked down and go, "I know exactly who every single person is." And I was just like, "Wow, how is that possible?" Like with just a little bit, he just sort of knew what the the defining thing of that person was, and he's like, and I was just like, "That's just magic." And and I always I always admired like portrait artists because you know if you if you do a landscape and you screw up a tree no one's gonna think that's not that tree in the hudson river valley but if you screw up a person's face they're not that person anymore right mm-hmm. and so there was a certain accuracy that mm-hmm. you had to have with a person a, a portraiture right mm-hmm. so that's what i really wanted to do i wanted that magic i wanted to so, so i spent years you know not not like like 24 hours a day but like you know when i had time practicing drawing like my grandmother at that point and she was like 97 years old mm. and i said i'm going to draw grandma because i don't want to draw a portrait of her you know whatever at that point you know we had digital cameras and we could print out things so i had a, I had a you know i was working off of, of an image mm-hmm. right the same image or different images you would use i would use the one image only for tw- like 20 years you're sketching no no two, it's a couple years couple okay years. oh okay okay, okay. so yes. so it. and i just sometimes they get it but i was like what was the process i used to get it i don't know i was kind of like calculated about it yeah. and I try to do it again and I fail and whatever and I just couldn't figure out what is this thing how does how do people draw I just don't get it right You're right and or do portraiture especially and then there was this one day where I, I stopped I was not working and I could stay up you know late if mm-hmm. I wanted to and I decided one night you know I'm gonna just keep doing this and I'm not gonna sleep until I get I, I, I figure it out Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I I started. I was doing like you know, uh, carbon. I was just doing pencil sketching, smudging on you know regular paper mm-hmm. with the image of my grandmother. And I just I, I I don't know how many pieces of paper I went through, one after another, after another, after another. It was like going on 18, 20, 25 hours. Like a scene hours. in a movie, just like yeah. like throwing just, it at the trash can. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it got to like the thirtieth hour. Mm-hmm. I was delirious, obviously, right? Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even like I only drank water. I didn't even eat. Because I said I'm 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 not gonna you know hamper myself. Wow. And then I think I was about to literally go crazy and break down, and I said I'm just gonna do one last sketch. And then it was the uh, basically what happened was I, I I rendered a perfect rendering of her. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And what I realized what happened was I was so tired and gone that my mm. upper brain function shut down, and all I did was so I sketched the shapes and the colors I saw, not what oh. I thought I should see. That was the barrier. Do you understand? When you do a face, what do you think? It's a face. Uh-huh. There's eyes. There's a nose. There's a mouth. And it isn't until you let go of what you think it should be. Oh. And you, you just draw what you see. Oh, my God. Draw what you see is when you actually get it right. And so this is the problem in the world. We don't we don't accept what we see. We try to put it into a notion of what we think it should be and it's off, right? Okay. So that that's You no, we need to pause. Yeah. You are blowing my mind. That's <laughs> the most beautiful. That's so beautiful. I t- I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's I mean, that's why when you're uh, when you're t- learn how to draw, they tell you to like grid the image but then flip it upside down because you'll stop being attached to what it is. What it, yes. Oh, That's I it. just heard this yeah. beautiful quote on an uh, Oprah Super Soul Sunday podcast. Okay. <laughs> but um, I forget who they were quoting, but 
Um, it, it's that when a child learns that a bird is called a bird, yeah. it stops being able to see birds. Yeah. So once you know the thing is supposed, what it's supposed to be, right. you forget like are the identities that we put onto things right. and labels and whatever yeah. our concept of them. It, I think it's part of the reason why I love like you and I are strangers yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But I feel like I know you on a really like, I feel like I'm able to see you with no expectation. You know, I, I, I'm completely open to who you might be. Right. Well, traditional notions of friendship and closeness don't apply to us because clearly I don't know you, you don't know me, whatever. But I think we connect on the same, we, we resonate with the same harmonic, like harmonic resonance yeah. because of how we lived our life or how we saw things. I like, think that, uh, I would argue that this harmonic resonance is, I think, present in every person mm -hmm. yeah. energetically. Like if we yeah. allow ourselves to live in this energetic plane, yeah. I think we find that we're all, we're all connected to this oneness. Well, that's, that that's, 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 uh, physics that's quantum physics I'm this is just physics. yeah this is this isn't like a this that's isn't a spiritual theory. thing this well, that, is actually that, that physics. is by definition I'm a but it's metaphysical yeah, okay it's cool see theory. i didn't even know that and you know yeah. what if i had i probably wouldn't have tried to yeah. no, toss this concept but, out okay so here's the great thing i when, when you mentioned calling a bird a bird or whatever um and this is a, a program that i taught actually which um is a, is a training is program. the quote yours like did i just quote you no just kidding so if you think about it okay there's this notion of like the map is not the territory they call it right like if you see a subway map that's clearly not actually the exact dimensions and layouts of new york city you know mm -hmm. like you know Staten island is not that big you know man or that's not, not that small and Staten and manhattan's way smaller than it looks on the map right it's just right. for practical purposes so here's the reality of humans okay mm -hmm. there was a time when there were humans that there was no language and there's certainly not written language, and there wasn't even verbal language that was effectively used. Maybe some grunts, maybe some, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, people communicated, right? Mm -hmm. Because what's actually, and, and what was in their head then? There were no words in their head. Right. It was just kind of feelings, which is still what's there, you know? I call it your soul. It's, it's your feelings. Yes. That's all we are. But what we've done over civilized society is codified those sounds into words, which mm. are really not the reality. They're they're a symbol. It's like of an what ab abstraction of our true selves. It's yeah. Like a, you know, if yeah. I say, oh, you know, uh, you know, you're you're uh, you're just you're a girl from Glendale. Does that encapsulate who you are? Absolutely. That's right. all I am. No, just kidding. No, yeah, no, no not I mean? at all. Like, yeah, I mean that's ridiculous, right? right? And yet right. that's the trick. That's that's the trap mm -hmm. that symbol theory, I like to call it, can do is that when, once you put a symbol, which is a word, mm -hmm. to a thing, feeling, you think I'm done, but yeah. you're not. And, and, and so take it to an nth degree of complexity with words and whatever, we now think those are the, thi the, the real things, you know? Wow, we think and we, that's, we, And yeah. we detach from the feeling that actually is what it is. So all we've done is encode feelings into words because other than that, we can't do a podcast. Like, what do you do? How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you, uh, commercialize it how do you how do you scale this no knowledge quote-unquote out there if we are just grunts and feelings right you right. have to put into words you have to put it into a certain language because you know different languages have different feelings right, right. english is uh, french is much better expressing emotion than english is mm. you know japanese is horrible at expressing emotions they don't <laughs> have it and therefore the people don't don't experience it it's interesting and this, and this is totally arbitrary all these languages are arbitrary right yeah. and so 
I, I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about. We get caught up in that the bird is the thing or like, you know, Glendale girl is the, is the who you are. Mm-hmm. But it's just sort of, it gets you closer to explaining you, but don't think that map is the territory. There's like much more of you. you ha- you're not done learning about you just by saying, okay, I get you. You're 20, whatever. You're here. You're in Manhattan. You're from LA. You're traveling. Okay, I, I know you. No, you don't. That's you actually don't. just, the, yeah, you're, that's the. It's a proxy. It's a proxy. And I, I think it hinders us because, yeah, I think yeah. It, it does hinder us because we think we know yeah. more about this person. But really, if we attach too much to those things, we're, at, we're learning less, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, you know, you say you go to you meet someone in, uh, I don't know, somewhere not in the U.S. And they say, where, where, do you, where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from New York Is that, or I'm from L.A. and I live in New York. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been in New York. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I hate it. No, I love it. And then it's like, well, who's right? Well, what's the reality? Do you think your experience in New York was the same as theirs? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, tell me where you went. And they go, oh, I just went to Times Square and, and Statue of Liberty or whatever, and I was there for two days. And it's like, well, I lived there for 16 years. And, you know, everything. Like, and, and yet we could just at, stop at that earlier mm-hmm. point and say, well, that person knows New York, clearly. And you know New York, but it's completely different. Mm. You know, it's complicated. Yeah. And I think we're uh, the, the seduction is to reduce it down to, like, this, like, quick capture mechanism. Like, you know, New York, I've been there, therefore I know it. Like, I've been to Korea. I've been through the airport. Right. You know? Oh, totally. Yep. So I know uh-huh. Korea now? Uh-huh. You know? I know Japan. I had to do, I had a, a layover there that turned into yeah. an overnight stay in a hotel. So I know yeah. everything about the country. Or you could have just but been in Tokyo. And, right. and, and someone else has lived their whole life in the Southern Island. And it's like, is it the same thing? I mean, th- right. that, that's, that's, um, you know, that's where we get in trouble as humans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think you, you should, I think that's why people need to sort of, be patient and communicate more deeply like what's the reality of what you've experienced it's just that we don't have time for that and that's why we do it's like all that is worthwhile though right like well sure they're just (laughs) maybe they're just commercial pressures to you know stereotype and prejudice and you know there's a lot of power uh Mm. plays that go on when we do that but if um, we're going to reach a world where everyone loves each other and you know if there's harmony we are going to get to a place where we can do this right Maybe. Where everyone loves each other. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think is that's that achievable? Possible? Well, I don't. Do you think I don't, it's possible I, I, I think for you to love It's possible. Everyone? I think it's hard because you have to start with a person loving themselves. I don't exactly. think most people love themselves. I don't think they do either. But I. Think I know they don't. Particularly our president. That. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, Let's like, just like do a hard turn to politics. No, I don't. No, 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 just joking. No, but I. I think it's it's true. Yeah. That that loving yourself, but then and loving other people is like the most important thing I've just recently I mean I've been realizing this for a long time like yeah. my whole life but I realized like if I was going to reduce my purpose down here to one thing it's just to love people okay and what does that myself. mean to you though when it, you say loving other people like what tell me what like that practically means what it means yeah because we're going through we're in the same trap here we've used the word love. love I think I know what it means yeah. I have my definition but I'd like to know what you what it is for you. And of course we're going to use more words to understand the words. So we're it's gonna an abstraction. Use, uh, well, like for, to describe it in a feeling, I like, think it's being an, uh, it's being open and an acceptance of myself okay. completely and of other people. Okay. And part of that is what you're talking about, about, uh, living in the place beyond words. And now I'll just stop saying words so that you can understand. I'm just kidding. Well, you, you no, but we like, have to use words. We There's have no to use way. words. Yeah, but right. like, I mean, I can describe when you were talking about um, your beautiful 
realization of drawing your grandmother mm-hmm. and when you stopped seeing her and you started just seeing I saw what shapes. I saw. You saw what you saw. Yeah. Like that Unencumbered was. Unencumbered by myself. I got out of my own way. Like right. right. And like sharing that, y- sharing that experience, like mm. hearing you tell me about that, I felt deeply connected to you and also the world with it, like that, mm. that human experience that I've experienced in certain ways myself. But mm. like y- you were able to share something from your life mm-hmm. that really meant something to you. Yeah. And you were using words, mm-hmm. but there was emotion behind it too. And I felt that emotion in myself. Right. And like, and some people are good at speaking words without emotion. And some people are good at emotion without words. And some people are bad at both. And some people are good at both. Right? Yeah. But I think, yeah. You know? I th- but I think we're all capable of it. I think, yeah. I think we're all capable. We have limitless potential to love. And I think part of loving people is like believing in other people's limitless potential, Yeah, you know, and like assuming, I really think that my, one of my best qualities is being able to assume the best in people. Sure. And, you know, I've kind of made that something that's less important to me in the past or like, mm-hmm. uh, I've been like, Oh, that's bad. Cause I'm too trusting. I shouldn't travel the world. I'm right. going to die. You know, right. whatever. That's not necessarily what it means, but I really do. I do try to live with like, I guess it's optimism, but it's mm-hmm. all, but it's, you know, believing the best about people sure. or assuming everyone's doing their best. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that is certainly having faith in the lovingness of all people. Um, I, I agree. And I think all people are capable of lo- like, like for me, love is synonymous with oneness. I'd like to call it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I agree with that. Like, uh, do you want to pause it one second? Or Sorry. Yeah. I, so I have another oh. person from OfferUp coming okay. to get my dresser. I have to respond to something here anyway. So okay, great. Okay. <laughs> we'll continue this. Right. Okay, pause, pause. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. We can just I got to go in five minutes. You have to leave in five get, minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. perfect. Well, then we'll just, this is casual. We probably won't use this, but we could. Okay, well, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Am I religious? I don't affiliate with a particular religion okay. necessarily. Did you grow up? I grew up Catholic. Okay. Did you grow up in a particular religion? Uh, yeah. Christian and Buddhist. And okay. Yeah, half and half. Do you identify as either or no. a different thing? No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I live by principles of both. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think more Buddhist, but um, I think all religions have at their core some wonderfulness and yeah. some not so wonderfulness, you know, because it's a power structure and so power corrupts, but uh. You know, I I, th- I think I think th- great wisdom from the past can be gleaned from most uh, historical religious documents, and that's what you should glean from it. You know, uh, if you choose to be a member, then that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say my closest thing to religion for me is science. You know, mm. I mean, science is religion. Uh, math is its language, mostly. Um, and uh, but it, it it itself is flawed. Honestly, mm-hmm. science has a lot of flaws too. It's just a mm-hmm. theory. A lot of it is based on theories that could be un- undermined. Um, it's also done from everything that's um, tangible, that you can see, smell, touch, taste, you know, right. conceive It's of. a sensory experience. Or uh, mm-hmm. Mostly there's some conceptualness, right. but uh, y- you also have to take into account that we also know through science that the, the, the within the spectrum of awareness of things, our ability to perceive some of that is like so small. We, like we perceive almost like a micro micro amount 
of what's perceivable. And yet from that, we're gleaning all of the universe, which inherently makes science flawed, right? right. It's limited, right? you know? So, you know, it's, imagine, you know, if no one in the world ever had sight and they'll come up with theories on how the world really is. There's a lot that they're missing. Right. Well, we're clearly missing six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten thousand cents. Oops. And we're missing those. And so clearly we can't possibly know. Um, we, we know what we know. Did you know that we do have um, both a sixth and seventh sense? Do you want me to tell you about them? Please well, do. Whatever. As, my, as an occupational therapist, I just like to tell people this because it's kind of fun. You go, girl. Okay. Well, there's seven senses okay. at least. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you have a vestibular sense, okay. which is your sense of movement. Like So in your inner ear, those oh, are your vestibular right. res- receptors. Yeah. So you can tell if your head is upright or That's lying true. down without yeah. using your vision to right. tell. And then your other sense, you might be able to guess what it is. Maybe. I don't know. I that's would. cool. I mean, I didn't, yeah. I just was, I like guessing things. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you I, don't know. I don't know. Um, your other sense is your sense, is your proprioceptive sense. And so that's your sense of body position. Okay. And so you're getting, you, these receptors are located in your joints and muscles and gives you information about where your body is in space. So it's like, if so I. So that's s- different than feel then. Okay. It's different, all, all, but all of your senses interact and there are sure. neural pathways that connect sure. the information you're receiving from all of them okay. in your brain to have a hopefully okay. adaptive motor output once you receive the information. Sure. But sure. so, yeah, like if you if you were to close your eyes and I said, like, put your arms out like this in yeah. a T shape, yeah. um, you would be able to do that with your eyes closed because okay. you have an intact proprioceptive sense. So a lot cool. of times I'll work with kids who have... Um, some point in their neural pathways yeah. either it could have to do with their receptors it could have to do with the motor output that their brain gives out um about like what adaptive response to have in a situation huh. so for instance like if i told you to put pick up that coffee cup right you'd you, based on your experience of picking up coffee cups before you'd probably know how much force to use yeah. but so say you assumed that there was liquid in it yeah. and there wasn't, you, right. you can see what was inside. Right. Um, you might like pick it up really fast yeah. and then you'd be like, Oh, I should adjust that. Like, okay. so sometimes, huh. yeah. Like, and that's just based on your, yeah. So that's how you, it's like called sensory integration. You're integrating all of the information, like your visual information based on, and also your tactile like you've opened new worlds for me oh i'm so happy i love it you've opened new worlds for me as well oh wow this is a good note to end on because we are open and our worlds are i'm really happy that our worlds have come together through the wonderful app offer up would you like to sponsor this podcast showing up messy thanks offer offer up how can they do oh you're you're talking to offer up i'm talking yeah i'm talking to offer up because this is the episode i'm going to send them be like thank you so much you've brought people together yeah Right. I, I, well, see, I'm, I'm now thinking from a marketing business standpoint, what, what would be the right thing to say to them right now to get them to sponsor you? you yeah, know? let's manipulate. Let's, well, but I think well, our authenticity about wanting to manipulate them is really endearing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> like we're just, I just would love for you to finance my trip abroad. And <laughs> 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 what, what should we say? What do you think? Um, I will scope out awesome deals. Well, actually, that's not their revenue stream. They do it by planting those ads in, you know? That's probably mostly where they get their money because they don't take a percentage off of the exchanges either. So it would basically be, you'd have to get a third party 
to be, to make money somehow through the app. I don't know. Well, I, I honestly, this app, yeah. I, I, it's so fun to scroll through, even if you yeah. don't need anything. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's, to, it's like what Pinterest should have been, right? It's what Pinterest, yeah, because in on Pinterest, okay, yeah, Pinterest is kind of pointless. OfferUp is what you want Pinterest to be because yeah. then you could have the things yeah. that you're just like mindlessly, yeah. scr- it's almost like I used to have this app called Food Gawker and I would just look okay. at pictures of delicious food. This right. was when I wasn't letting myself eat what I wanted. Okay. And so this was like porn for me. Oh. Um, okay. you know, it was just funny. I mean, it was, uh, unhealthy, but anyways, yeah. uh, you're just like scrolling through and like, I wouldn't ever eat or make any of the things that yeah. I was looking at. It was just, uh, but this is like, you can actually get the things. Okay. So it, it was masturbatory for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. I was like looking back on it. I was like, that was like so un- unhealthy. Maybe you should have just let yourself eat cheesecake once in a while, Katie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean like that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I, totally. Really. But we've come to a very, I'm excited. Yeah. To come to a place. I'm where excited. I met you while I'm alive. A person <laughs> that is so you know, resonant and simpatico, uh, you know, we're at different points in our life, but that's just an age thing, which is also sort of a figment of our, our imagination. Time is a construct. Um, God, can you imagine if there were no birth certificates? Like, yeah, like it wouldn't, you know, that dimension of judgment would never matter. It's amazing. Yeah, right? your age really, truly is nothing, has nothing to do with it, you. It's a proxy for, well, I think, you know, like when you're going from seventh grade to 12th grade, it kind of maybe meant a little bit more, but once you're past a certain point, it's just your experiences in life, mm-hmm. you know? And oh, I think it, it really limits, uh, I mean, think of how much our ages yeah. like limit, I know you have to go, but like our age really like limits our own perception of ourselves. You know, like how many yeah. people feel like they're too old or too young well, to do things? How many people are doing and not doing things because of social stigma, right? Because yeah. of age. Well, I'm reaching 30. I'm supposed to have kids by now, right? And, and right. if that was never something anyone ever knew and, you know, that would be not no longer a factor influencing stuff, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, you, you could also argue there are some positive benefits to that too, but it, it's just an interesting mental exercise to go through about what shapes what we do, what incentivizes and disincentivizes our behavior. A lot of it was strategized and implemented by other people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like to say like, you know, are you on your own journey? Or are you an accidental tourist on someone else's journey? So, I love that. That's a perfect... That's a perfect note to end on, okay. actually. And I appreciate I appreciate you. I feel like I can tell you're on your own journey. And, well, whatever. We all are. I'm We're still all in New on York our City. own journey. <laughs> yeah. I'm not selling cakes in uh, Montes- Montanita, Ecuador. So. That's We can all aspire to be selling cakes for a living. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so wonderful to meet you, Eddie. What's where can what, Do you want people to find you? Like by email? or what? what, what I don't even what's know. What's the best non- Stalkery non- way stalkery for this to happen. Way. Maybe we could start with your last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, do you want people to follow you on Instagram or Twitter? I don't. I don't I, I'm, I'm starting to use Instagram. I tried not to actually, and I realized that's actually what a lot of people use. Um, I was always been a Facebook person. Yeah. I never got into Snapchat. Um, is that rain? What is that? Oh, There's weird. a oh, okay. maybe a sprinkler. Oh, okay. So, um, like you know, well, God, what would be the best? How, do, how does this normally happen if you're going to connect to somebody? Well, this is a I, don't, great I don't really have a Twitter. I do have Twitter, but I don't use it. Yeah. So, I and mean, that's that's one directional. You um, follow me. You don't communicate, right? That's true. I um, guess. Well, here, my I'll give my. Uh, it, it's my burner email. <laughs> just in case. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I check it, right? So it's E-Y-S-H-I-O-M-I. That's my last name. S-H-I-O-M-I. 
at yahoo.com. Wonderful. Yeah. Email, if you re- want to talk to Eddie, email him on his burner email and it'll probably be delightful. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I'm love... I'm good for food recommendations, uh, in-country recommendations. Uh, I'm, I like movies. I like television, which is the new movies now. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Uh, you know, New York and LA are my specialties, but, um, you know, I don't know if this can be sort of a beacon to connect like us, like-minded people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, more the merrier. So that's so wonderful. That was, let's all be one. Let's all be one. And we're starting right here. Cool. So great. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks for buying my fan. Mm Mm-hmm.